Welcome to the Be a Friend podcast, where we try to be a friend to those who are bullied and make a friend of a friendless bully. We share and learn from the experiences of bullies and their victims. Today, we're going to talk to Jennifer W., an adult survivor of bullying. Hi, Jennifer. Hi. Now, I know before we get started, I want you to know that I know that bullying is an emotional topic. And I want you to feel safe and comfortable. So if you are uncomfortable with anything that we're talking about or don't feel like talking, please just let me know and we'll, we'll skip that question or we'll just terminate the interview altogether, okay? Okay. okay. I know it is a hard subject and uh, I don't want to seem like less of a survivor to other people if I get emotional. So I'll apologize in advance for that. We are all human, so don't worry about that. You know, I, I honestly admire your bravery for putting yourself out there for the listeners. You know, I'm sure that there'll be people that, that benefit from hearing your story. So, oh, I would like for you to, you know, think about time or times that you were bullied you know that bullying is a, a form of a conflict or abuse that that is set aside by the fact that it happens over time repeatedly mm-hmm. and it happens over time it's repeatedly and it's on purpose people do this and they have a, a feeling it gives them a feeling of power perceived perhaps but you know it gives them they want to feel more powerful than their victim so i want you to think of a time when you were bullied or like i said times and just uh tell me tell me your story Um, okay well um it is definitely not an isolated incident for me so i'll do the best i can to come up with a couple of examples but i don't want to make this be painfully long for anybody to listen to. Well, you have to understand starting out that I was kind of like baby Huey in school because just from the just from the jump as they say that I was the biggest kid in my class, which is a not a great thing if you're a girl. Probably works well for boys but i can't say that the same is true for females now before we go further i just for our listeners baby huey is a cultural reference there was a a cartoon back in the probably the 70s maybe 60s or 70s or was it herman i can't remember now i think that that might have been i think he might have had the same the name of herman too but I remember that. I remember the Baby Huey cartoons. It was a big duck that wore a diaper and that kind of thing because he was a duckling and had all these brothers and sister ducks, which were normal-sized ducks. But Baby Huey, of course, was a, a big clumsy right. duck that you know was always getting into trouble or walking over somebody or you know not on purpose or anything just because of his large size clumsiness yeah so in comparison to his brothers and sibling ducks 
Right. So Baby Huey is just a cartoon reference from the old days. So, like I said, I um, I didn't really realize that that was the situation until I started in kindergarten and I was the biggest kid there. Um, the desks were too small for me. Everything seemed to be geared toward smaller kids and I wasn't one so I knew that I kind of seemed out of place and the kids knew that too the other kids and so they made fun of me and they told me that I was fat and many other things but that's the thing that really stands out. I remember even as a five or six year old having older kids calling me things like thunder thighs. Of course, looking back now, seeing pictures of what I looked like back then, I wasn't fat at all. I was just tall for my age. Very, unfortunately, tall for a female. But that, yeah, I wasn't fat. I, I just wasn't. But that climate of bullying, I guess, set in on me early and made me feel like I just wasn't quite like everybody else. But I had a lot of support from my grandmother in particular and my brothers and my sister and they all tried to tell me that I was fine, didn't really believe it though because I had all these other people telling me I wasn't. So long story short, that's where everything started. So this happened, you can remember even as far back as kindergarten? Oh yeah, yeah. But then in the, in the mid to late 70s, my father had a job opportunity in Oklahoma and we had lived or we were currently living in New Jersey and most of my family stayed behind it was kind of a, a long process having my family actually move to Oklahoma but that turned out to be just myself and my parents my other siblings were much older and they stayed behind Stayed behind in New Jersey? Yep. And um, my grandmother that I said I'd gotten so much support from tried. She just couldn't quite adapt. And so she went back also. And so she I was there where? by myself. She went back to New Jersey. So she moved to Oklahoma with you? Well, she, she that was her intent. But it was just something she couldn't acclimate herself to it was quite a culture shock uh, just very very different we moved to a very small area very very sparsely populated just people and culture and everything the food was different the just everything everything was different people talked funny it was just everything was weird strange you should mention that i'm actually from oklahoma yeah just say i talk funny well same situation except by now i actually have put on 
a good amount of weight. I think that's the way my grandmother tried to help me was medicating me with food. So I put on put on the pounds. So by the time I was about 12, I was a pretty heavy kid. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Thinking about when you were in kindergarten, before you said you were heavy, and you know that you weren't, looking back, what did you do when the other kids would call you names for being what what was amounted to be just taller, bigger than they were? Well, at the time, like I said, I didn't know that. Um, I thought that what they said about me was true, and so my family would tell me things like, oh, just tell them that they're skinnies and, you know, just do throw it right back at them. That's easier said than done. So I think mostly what I did was just tried to pretend like I didn't hear it, even though I did. Went home and cried about it. And that was pretty much my dealing mechanism at the time. Didn't really work, but that's what I had. So did this happen, like, in the classroom, or was it outside, or was it in the lunchroom? We were, the community was set up so that you were never really too far away from whatever school was in your neighborhood. So even in kindergarten, I walked to school, walked home. So there was plenty of opportunities for kids when school got out. Or when we were on our way to school, my friend and I that lived across the street from me, my really only good friend. And so there were there were many opportunities, lunchtime, playground time, really anything. I was always clumsy in gym. I couldn't do the same things that the other kids could do. I just I hated field day. That was the worst day of the year because I just couldn't move like the other kids and i think the reason why was just i was just big and clumsy that i don't know if that answers your question but yeah yeah it does i'm just wondering if you feel like there were any grown-ups aside from your family any teachers that seemed to understand your situation or no i remember I really, I don't remember any teachers stopping anything. I don't know that there was really anything that was done in the presence of teachers. There was a teacher that I liked a lot. She had even written to me after I moved to Oklahoma. Um, I think most of the teachers recognized that I was a pretty smart kid. I was a pretty good kid. But I don't think, there's no one that stands out in my mind anyway as having, I don't know that they ever really had a reason or an opportunity to defend me or or anything like that. I think kids can be pretty ingenious when they want to inflict pain on other kids. They're they're pretty smart and they know when and where to do it. So um, not usually going to be in front of someone that can stop them or help them you continue on with your story you're saying you moved to oklahoma right right um small town so complete culture shock complete basic breakdown of my family because i was one of four and was suddenly an only child 
because it was just my parents and myself and the rest of my family stayed behind, including my grandma that I said supported me, kind of got me through daily living. And um, So you were going through a lot. Right. At a really good age. (laughs) 12, 13 years old. What a great time for a girl, especially to not be secure with her self-image her environment or family or really just about anything so you had a lot of things compounding the right the bullying yeah it became clear pretty early on that these people that were in this town didn't like who i was i don't know what it is about oklahoma but the skinny kids are awful skinny and <laughs> I could have probably stopped eating for a year, and I wouldn't have ever looked like the girls that were that age. When I left New Jersey, there was no, I mean, boys still really weren't even on my radar. But when I moved to Oklahoma, these kids in sixth grade were quote-unquote going with people. And I that was pretty bizarre, (laughs) because... I hadn't experienced that. So, that you know, crazy. all of a sudden we've got kids with boyfriends and girlfriends and that wasn't what I was used to. And so that was another way for me to feel like I was different. And I guess because of my weight, that certainly wasn't me. I wasn't in, I wasn't going with anyone. I started developing interests in other boys at school but nobody reciprocated and so I just kind of was alone out there until one day there was a girl you know I had decided well maybe if I try to take some of my mother's makeup and put that on I'll fit in more because the girls were wearing makeup and okay Maybe that's the way to fit in. So I did that one day, and there was a girl that rode the bus to school with me. She got off and kind of grabbed me and whisked me into a bathroom and took off what I had put on, probably rather sloppily, and had her own with her and put some on in a way that I'm sure looked much better. And I think that Really, the only reason why she took pity on me is because she had an older sister that had some type of learning disability that was severe. Honestly, I don't know if she was on the spectrum or if she had intelligence issues. I'm not sure what the problem was, but I think that she felt bad for me probably because she'd seen so much happened to her sister Hmm. so for a while a year or so she was older than i was for a little while we were friends um she had a boyfriend and she decided she wanted to set me up and i you know i could hear her having conversations with her boyfriend you know about maybe his brother and her, no, no 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 that's not happening you know which again doesn't make you feel too good so it was just more of the same in the meantime the kids that lived 
near me around my house that would ride my school bus started calling me names so that was that whole situation all over again and even to the extent where it became physical there was one incident i remember where they were the bus had stopped and we were all gonna <laughs> nicely enough we all had the same stop so i had to get off with them but they were walking down the aisle of the bus somebody had a stack of three or four books and dropped them on my head and that was kind of how that went and so there was that and a lot of name calling i just knew that i didn't belong there and um you know, my parents both worked so i was pretty much on my own it stayed that way from sixth grade until probably ninth grade i would say you know i had a couple of friends that were okay friends but not really you know still feeling a little bit out of place but then around ninth grade i uh some a girl who i'm not sure if she was new or i had just never noticed her before because I didn't, you know, nobody liked me, so there wasn't really any reason for me to look for people to be friends with. So, now, now you know, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you know that you, I mean, looking back at least, you know that you had just as much right, if not more so, to be there and expect to be treated well, you know, if not, you know, nobody deserves to be treated poorly. well no but you you don't realize that at the time you just realize that you're different that makes you feel like you don't deserve it i guess but you know then i met somebody uh that was real nice to me she wound up being one of my best friends all through high school and that's really the only thing that made it bearable but i continued to not have boyfriends everybody did i didn't this girl that was my friend didn't she was really focused on her academics crazy smart so but i you know through high school um, because of her and because of a couple other friends uh, i was able to have a relatively good time in high school wasn't too bad i still had people making fun of me I remember I had an, there was an incident when uh, one of the football players who, you know, that's who you want to be with, that's who you want for a boyfriend, asked me if I was going to be going out for the team because I was, you know, so much bigger than uh, the normal girls. No, regardless. Now, you know, there are so many famous women that are, that I'm sure were considered outcasts comes to mind as was it Serena Williams tennis player yeah you know um, she I think is was you know large but she's a pretty famous and pretty talented lady and I'm sure there yeah. are many others well and by this time I had trimmed up some because you know going through adolescence when females shoot up or you know females and males they gain, you know, that foot or so of growth, and that tends to slim you down a little bit. And so, I I was I would I I don't think I could ever be like the competition, but I was I didn't consider my 
myself to be as much of a freak as I felt like other people maybe thought I was. So um, I did pretty well academically and planned on going to college. And that's where I went. And I never had, never had a boyfriend, never been kissed, never, none of that stuff. It just didn't happen for me. Um, so I always felt like I was different and kind of weird and not good enough and um, took that with me. And I took that with me to college where one would hope that people would be a little more educated, a little more into their education and a little less into making fun of people, but Alas, that was not the case. In front of you there. Oh yeah, yeah. I could always hear people laughing and giggling, and you know whether it be males or females. And I, by this time, you know, I was lucky enough to have those friends that I was close with in high school to join me in college. And although I didn't really spend a whole lot of time with all of them. Uh, they were there. It was still a pretty lonely time, and it was difficult to adjust to. It was quite an adjustment. But how did this bullying affect you? I mean, what did well, it, I think as it affect who be, you were? Because it had happened from such an early age, I felt as though that I was I was not good enough. I was never going to be the cute little cheerleader, petite girl. That wasn't me. I was 5'10". Oh, actually, at that point, I was 5'11 and 3 quarters. So I was about 6 feet tall. And that's just not the way the girls that got guys looked. So, so it affected your self-esteem. Absolutely. Self-image and that kind of thing. Absolutely. I think it pretty much solidified my body image. I don't think I ever felt comfortable in my own skin, but I had a couple friends and that helped. And so that's how I went into my college years and things carried on much the same way. I wouldn't say I had any physical things that happened to me in college, but, you know, the no boyfriend, never been kissed situation continued on, and... Did you use your, I, I guess, your size, you know, if, if, even though it made you feel uncomfortable, your, how tall you were, did you use that to your advantage in any sports or anything like that? No, I, I when I first... When I was in the dorm, I had a, you know, my roommate, she was, her and I became quite close, and so we tried to do some things. I, I don't know why it was. Maybe it was because of my build, I don't know, but I just seemed to be, I was one of the few females that could catch a ball that was on my floor, so I played flag football with some girls on my floor, but... After the first year, I wound up living off campus, so the opportunities for sports. Yeah, I don't remember what they called it. Intramural. Inter yeah, that's what the word was I was looking for. Thank you. 
that opportunity really wasn't there as much. So, um, and I wasn't a very athletic person to begin with. I say that knowing that we probably put three, four, five miles a day on, on ourselves walking around campus and back and forth to our housing and that kind of thing. So I don't think that I was fat at that point, although I certainly felt that way because that was the feedback I have gotten. I went out with friends a couple times because that's what you do when you're in college, unfortunately, to like club type situations. And my friends that were good friends, they'd get invited to dance and I just would have to sit there alone. So I didn't do that too much. But, you know, then I met somebody that I wanted to be friends with. And I guess that's how I wound up dealing with everything because I met someone who made me feel like I wasn't fat and that I did have some worth and wanted to be around me too. And we were just friends for a couple of years. And eventually we started dating and became a couple and that started to heal some of that pain so that was kind of a lot of time squished into a small story well, um, good that went you... from bullying <laughs> to finding a reason to think that maybe i'm not so bad i'm glad that, that happened for you well as am i <laughs> however that that early bullying and and up to middle school which was so difficult you know i didn't go into a lot of detail about that just frankly because it's it's too hard but i think that did solidify my body image and my self-worth and so many things about my well like i said my self-worth my worth to other people. I, I just had very low self-esteem and really that just, it changed because of one person a great deal. Happy that that happened. It sounds like it still affects, affects you to this day. I wonder Absolutely. If, if bullies ever come to realize the impact that they have on their victims and how harsh Partially, their words can hurt more so even a lot of times than physical bullying. I think emotional bullying can take quite a toll. Well, it's tough. It's it's tough. I'm not going to lie. But everybody knows that. I think that everybody that has any kind of insight can figure that out. And I'm so sorry to know that these things happen to you. It hurts me as well to, to know that. Well, you know, I don't know how true the that which doesn't kill us makes us stronger saying is, but for what it's worth, I guess it's made me who I am today. And again, that just goes to show how, how these things solidify your personality. And as I mentioned before, your self-worth, your body image. Um, your belief, the f whether or not you even deserve to be happy. You have a family now. Yes. So do you, I mean, so you have some, uh, a success 
you know, story really in the end. But so do you have any advice for for kids who are bullied? Do you have any advice for your own children that you give them or Well, I feel like I'm blessed in that my children seem to be pretty confident. They seem to have a lot of self confidence and I don't know why that is exactly, but I'm grateful for that. At the same time, it still always hurts a little bit. I'm sure that there are issues that have come up for them that always sting. Can't get past that. But I think that they're they're quite strong in their own self-worth and their abilities, and, and that's a wonderful thing. I think that the most important thing is to realize that everything is transitory, but everything's in transition, and what you think is your world from one minute to the next can change for the worse or for the better. And it's true. I think that you can't get too wrapped up in what's happening in your world right now, no matter how bad it is, no matter how badly you feel. As long as you have a heartbeat, you have hope, and your world is not going to stay the same, and you just have to remember that, and I would say that would be the advice that I try to give to my kids, too, just try to let them know that what they're going through right now, whatever that may be, that is not, this is, this is, this is a minute, you know, it's, it's going to be over and gone before they even know what happened and things will pass and people will come into their lives that are worth it and that will help them and that they shouldn't accept anything less kind of like that old saying about the weather here in colorado or oklahoma that if you don't like the weather hang out for a few minutes it'll change yeah you can't can't get mired down in what's going on at any one point in your life. Well, do you have any words of wisdom or advice for parents of kids who are finding out their kids are bullied? Well, Things that you wish that maybe your parents had known or that you had told them? Or Well, I think what I just mentioned, you have to explain that to whatever level they're at. Just that everything that things will change as best as you can I think that you, you've got to listen to your kids and let them know how important they are to you let them know how much they're loved how deserving they are of your love and help them to feel important in at least that core f structure of your family because that's their safety net that's their cushion where they should be able to feel safe if a child ever starts to become focused on death or things that are particularly negative especially if they ever make any 
nuances that would seem to indicate that they were contemplative of dying themselves by their own hand or otherwise, that parents always need to take that seriously. Um, that's something that's impacted my life as well. Well, Jennifer, I want to thank you for talking with me today. Your story is an all-too-common one, and I'm sure that someone listening will find strength from your bravery. Now, if you were a bully, a bystander, a hero, or a victim, and you would like to volunteer to be interviewed, please email us at theremaycomeaday at gmail.com, and we will contact you. Our efforts to be a friend to those who are bullied and to make a friend of a friendless bully can only continue with your help. If you'd like to donate to our cause and help us continue bringing you this podcast and taking our programs to schools and organizations, please visit www.beafriendmakeafriend.com slash donate. You can give through Facebook or Patreon and even sign up with Amazon Smile, where Amazon will donate a portion of the proceeds of your order to the charity of your choice. Thank you.